Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Our kids this week, uh, about I think there were ten kids from our church uh, that left. They were wearing some of them are wearing yellow shirts, so you will see the yellow shirts. Pastor Dre's got his shirt on, so here we go. Nikki's favorite color. If you don't know, it's yellow. It's yellow. That's there you go. Um, and so uh, we're gonna invite up the kids that went to camp. Everybody who went to camp, would you come on up? Just come on up. You don't have. Come on. You don't, everybody who went to camp, come on up. Come on. Let's give them a, come on. Clap them up. Come on. Some of them are wearing their camp shirts. Some are not. So yeah, you guys can come on up here. And I'm not gonna have you all talk, but uh, whoever would like to, um, I just want to tell everybody. You know, what was the highlight of camp for you, and uh, what's just something that you'll, you know, take away from it, and why should somebody go to camp if they've never been before? So who's going first? Um, All right, Claire, you can go ahead. She said Claire. I heard Claire from your aunt. I'm sorry. She she said. Um, We had a really good time this week. We had lots of fun with the games, and the services were always amazing. Um, One thing that was really important to me was the second night we were there, the speaker, Gavin, had us come up at the end. And you got to hug someone and just tell someone what you're going through, even if you didn't know them. And it was just like really freeing to be able to say stuff that maybe other people you're really close to didn't know. But it was a safe spot and you could just let it all out and you knew that it was okay. So that was like really cool to me. All right. (laughs) Come on, Nate. Nate or Ricky. Okay, so this is my second year at camp, and every time it's amazing. Um, The speakers are always good, and um, the games are always fun. Um, You meet a lot of new people, and the relationships last. Um, It's just really fun getting to know people. And I got to know Pastor Dre really well over the week. He was in our room the whole whole time. Um, Ethan and Ricky... And I got to know really well, too. Um, it was just a really great experience to get to know everybody. All right. Somebody down that end. Come on, Iz. Wow. <laughs> um, this is my third year going, so it was, um, it was pretty exciting. Um, I got to see some old friends and meet new ones. And... Um, we had a fun time with, um, especially the relay race, which our team won by like, you <laughs> by a lot. Um, and I think, I can't remember which night it was. I think it was like the second or third night, but it was like probably one of the better nights because um, it just, I just had a relief over like after everything, and um, so yeah, it was just like a fun time and like. Yeah, I don't know what else to say except that. <laughs> All right. All right, one more. Anybody else? All right, Felicity, go for it. Um, I really had a fun time at camp. This was my first year, and um, the worship was amazing, and the services, um, we had, like, a prayer time, like, during the services, And they were just so amazing, and I felt like I got closer to God this week. 
Awesome. All right. Anybody else? Last chance? I know you're all dying to talk. Anybody? All right. Well, let's give it up for him. Thank you, everybody. So uh, I encourage you, if you didn't get to go this year, make plans for next summer to head on out to a youth camp. It really is a, just a life-altering week. It's, it's a lot of fun, but there's also you know, really defining moments that happen in their lives. And uh, encourage parents, send your kids. It's going to be a great thing. Talk to Pastor Dre and Carrie, and they'll let you know. I mean, listen, can we give it up for Pastor Dre? He went to camp. He was like the oldest guy there. They're calling him Grandpa all week. Yeah, seriously. He was, he was, but he may have been, <laughs> he may have been also, you know, misbehaving a little bit um, because that's, that's why we're friends. Um, <laughs> it was, a, it was a lot of fun. There's all sorts of stories that happen at camp and you, you really want to go. You can go as a counselor. If you want to volunteer a week, it's a great time. Really encourage the youth leaders, you know, help out with the youth group. It's just so many good things. Rooted youth, uh, rooted student ministries, sorry, not youth, student ministries. Um, it's just a great, a great thing for our kids to help them grow, and I appreciate it. Um, plus, you know, you get a break from your kid for a week, so hey, camp, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. Um, the theme for this year's camp was uh, unfiltered. That's what you see on their shirts, unfiltered. Um, and... Uh, you know, there's filters are kind of all over the place. Anybody got a phone with an app, right? And you got all these filters. They can do all sorts of stuff for you. You can, uh, you know, make yourself look like a cat, you know, with a filter. It can get you a nose and ears and weird little bug eyes, you know. Um, you can do all sorts of things. You can put color filters on it. You know, you can make it look like it's a vintage picture, really old. Or uh, you can make things look, you know, really colorful. And, and then there's these little, you know, little hashtags. Under any post you make, which the hashtags are so that you can see other things that are linked accordingly. And so a lot of the hashtags, sometimes a popular one is hashtag no filter. Hashtag no filter, which means, oh, that's just, that's really what it looked like. There's no editing there. Um, and so the theme for the week was really to be true to yourself. You know, it's easy to filter yourself and, uh, you know, Encouraging the kids, so, you know, not so much just to pretend or play the game. You know, again, back in our day, we didn't have filters, we didn't have phones and things like that. We just called it posing. You were a poser, right? That just meant that you were, you know, pretending to be something that you weren't. So, hashtag no poser. All right, that's, that's I guess, I don't know if it works the same way. But, um, so we tell our kids, you know, encourage our kids, you know, live unfiltered. You know, don't don't pretend to be something that you're not. You know, don't try and impress people and try and just, you know, play to the crowd. And we tell our kids that stuff because we know, we know that it's not good to pretend to be something that you're not. We know that. But we still do it and struggle with it as adults. Um, Some of you walked in here today and you are barely holding it together. And nobody knows because you got dressed, right? Maybe you put some makeup on, you combed your hair, you put some cologne on, you brushed your teeth, and you're like putting on a happy face and you're here and you just being here, people just think you're good. But if people really knew, like the tears are like just there. Like I know they are for Kevin, like they're always just there. But I'll, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm... I'm not okay right now. This has been a rough, 
It's been a rough couple of weeks for me personally. Just, all right. Like, you know, I had a rough time in Mexico. I didn't feel so good. And it's just, you know, it's been some things going on. But really, there are days, you know, I'm not okay. But we put it, we get up here and you wouldn't know because we put on the filter. We put on the happy face. And we want to be okay. But we know we're not. And so we filter ourselves. And there's lots of reasons we filter ourselves. It's not always just about keeping up appearances or impressing people. Sometimes it's really noble things like our, knowing that our family depends on us. And so we're trying to hold it together and be strong for somebody else. It's really not just you just being selfish. Sometimes you really just, you don't want to be a whiner. You don't want to be that person who's just a whiner. And, you know, everybody's got more problems than I got. And so you put on the tough face and you just push through the struggles. And the reality is that everybody is struggling. And nobody wants to admit it, right? Nobody wants to go out there, you know, and just talk about because then you get labeled a whiner or a complainer and nobody wants to be around you. And so but everybody's got problems and we're all playing this game, trying to pretend like we're OK. And none of us are OK. We're doing our best to make it look easy. Right. You're just doing your best to you, I make this look easy, man. There's life and it is not easy. It's not easy and you're not OK. Um, I'm going to ask you right now, just search yourself, ask this question. Are you as together on the inside as you look on the outside right now? Don't answer, don't raise your hand, but, but for yourself, are you as together on the inside as you look on the outside? When I was a kid, I had two younger sisters, still do, <laughs> um, but one of my sisters never stopped singing. I've probably talked about her before. And I mean ever. Ever, 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 ever. Um, it made me nuts. Couldn't handle it. Physically could not handle it. My dad is here. He knows. I could not take it. Um, she seriously sang all the time. And her room was adjacent to mine. Like we shared a wall. So the only solution was I had to get a bigger sound system than she had. My boom boxes just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it upgraded to like speakers. And, you know, it was just I'm going to drown her out because it was constant. She loved a singer by the name of Twyla Paris. Some of you will know that name. Some of you have never heard the name, and you're like, Twyla, yeah, you can Google it, she's out there. Um, and she sang this song, Twyla Paris sang this song called, The Warrior is a Child. Okay, and it's been like 30-something years since my sister was walking around the house singing this song. 30-something years since I heard The Warrior is a Child, and we put the song on this morning before service, and Kevin started singing it, because he knows it too. And there's lyrics that read like this. Lately, I've been winning battles left and right. But even winners can get wounded in the fight. People say that I'm amazing, strong beyond my years. But they don't see inside of me. I'm hiding all the tears. And here comes the chorus that they don't know that I go running home. When I fall down, they don't know who picks me up when no one is around. 
See, I drop my sword and cry for just a while. Because deep inside this armor, the warrior is a child. You know the song? He still he's still going with it. He can't help himself, see? And that song, 30-something years, my sister, I'm telling you, made me nuts singing it over and over and over again. And deep inside this armor. Like, come on! Seriously, stop singing that rules. Like, no singing at the dinner table. No singing here. No singing there. Had rules all over the place because she didn't stop. She's got an amazing voice today, by the way. Just so you know, she went, she has a degree in music. Like, I guess it played out. Um, The point is this, I don't care how you look on the outside. Inside every one of us is a little kid, hoping nobody else knows that we're faking it till we make it. But we never make it, because we're always still just trying our best. Life is hard, and we act like we have it down, but we don't. The reality is we all live constantly with stress and fear and worry and anxiety and what if about everything outside of our control. And it's there at our bedside every morning when you get up. When you wake up in the morning, it's right there. What if? What about? Do you remember this? And the pressure and the weight and the worry. And it's there. It's there. Every single one of us, it wakes us up in the morning. And when we go to bed, it's still there. It's still there. We live with it. But we we filter. If only we could have the honesty of like five-year-old Johnny. See, Johnny was in the kitchen with his mother and she was making supper and she asked him to go into the pantry and get a can of tomato soup. But Johnny didn't want to go in there alone because it's dark in the pantry and he was scared. Anybody have kids that are scared of going certain places like downstairs or upstairs if nobody's up there? You know, Johnny was scared. He says, it's dark there. I'm scared. And she said, okay, come on. He said, I'm scared. He went back and forth. And finally she goes, it's okay. She pulls the mom card. Jesus is going to be with you. Jesus is going to be with you, Johnny. So Johnny walked over to the door, opened it up, peeked inside, hesitated and said this. Hey, Jesus, if you're in there, can you hand me that can of tomato soup? (laughs) It's hard to be honest enough to admit that we're scared. And what complicates it even more is that we need to be brave every single day. It's hard enough just to keep up and to fit in. It's hard enough just to do normal. Right? To just make it. That's hard enough. Surviving is... Like, that's success for some of us. How'd you do today? I made it. But then we encounter Jesus and faith and love... And everything seems good. We find peace and it's all good and life is good. But then we begin to realize that life of faith challenges us not just to fit in, but sometimes we have to stand out. And we've got to go above and beyond. And it's hard enough just to make it. But now you're asking me to go against the flow, to invite challenge, to invite conflict. See, Jesus calls us to be different. And that's hard. It is easy to blend in and to fit in and to not make noise. And it's hard to do what's right when what's right is not acceptable to the crowd. We want to fit in and be liked. To be different, we have to be brave. So here's the question I want to talk about this morning. If we're honest, how in the world 
can scared and not okay people entertain the idea of doing brave things? How can we even think about it? We all have to wrestle with the question. We need bravery every single day. Let me just, let's, we, we, living a life of faith in the workplace requires bravery. Marriage demands bravery. Parenting demands bravery. Dating with purity and integrity demands bravery. Being the only family member who follows Jesus demands bravery. Being a student this time in history demands bravery. Being a person of faith in New Jersey in 2018 in Robbinsville or in Mercer County or if you're from Yardley, we'll accept you. But whatever, it demands bravery. So where do we find the strength and the courage to step up and do hard things that are right? I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you this again at the end. But what is one thing you know you should be doing right now that you are avoiding doing because you are afraid of either what people might think what they might say, or what it might cost you. What is something right now that you know is right that you are avoiding doing because you are afraid of what it will cost? Let's take a moment and pray. Jesus, through your Holy Spirit today, make us brave. Help us to discover and experience the courage that comes from you and empowers us to do what we're unable to do on our own. Amen. All right, so we're talking about Esther. Um, I think it's page eight, no, 486 in, uh, in those soft cover Bibles there. We're talking about Esther, and today we're going to do just a small piece of Esther. You know the story. We, we, Pastor Dre ruined it in the beginning. He told you the whole thing right off the bat. Um, but you know the story, hopefully. If not, it's a story of a, a Jewish girl who was an orphan. She was adopted by her cousin, uh, and through a series of really incredible events, becomes queen of Persia. And she's there, and then through another series of unfortunate events, this really miserable guy named Haman seeks to just deal with a personal issue of conflict with Esther's cousin, Mordecai, and says, okay, I'm going to get him back because he offended me. And my way of getting him back is I'm just going to get the king, because Haman was a powerful guy, I'm going to get the king just to sign a law that we can kill all the Jews. And so in this moment, that's the context. So that news has just come out that the law was signed into, into existence by the king. Mordecai hears it and he, he calls out to Esther. She's in the palace and he writes her a note and he sends her this message. And we're going to pick it up in Esther chapter 4, verse 13. It'll be on the screen if you'd like to read along there. It says, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. And again, he told her at this point she needs to step up and go to the king and fight for the people. And Esther's, you know, going back and forth saying, I can't because if I go to the king, right, he could kill me because you can't approach the king unless he asks you and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And Mordecai's pushing her to do it. Um, and he says to her, don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. It's a very familiar passage. If you know the story, it's probably the most popular part of the entire book of Esther. And he says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, Deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, verse 16. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. 
my maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in and see the king. And if I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. The temptation for Esther in this moment was to keep quiet. Just, just keep quiet. That maybe she would avoid the attack on the Jewish people. They didn't know she was Jewish. She had hidden that. Maybe it will just go away. Maybe it will work itself out. Let's, let's just see what happens. Let's let this play out. Let's see what happens. There's a word for that. It's called cowardice. Some of you know what that feels like. Some of you know what that looks like. Some of you work for people that you know have power to do something and they just go, oh, let's just see what happens. And it's them just avoiding responsibility. It's them avoiding doing anything to make a difference. The temptation for Esther was to keep quiet. And Mordecai erases any doubt of the cost of her decision. He says, you're not going to escape death. Don't think that you're going to avoid it. Not only that, Here's the cost. God may raise a savior from some other place for the Jewish people, but it's going to cost a generation. You and your family, there's going to be a price to pay. But what I really want to focus on is the most famous line in all of Esther, which is this. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. See, Mordecai plants the seed thought in Esther that there's purpose to her life. Perhaps this is why you are, where you are, when you are. This is no accident. Winston Churchill, one of my favorite quotes, says, To each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered a chance to do a very special thing unique to them and fitted to their talents. There's these defining moments in our life. And Mordecai saying, Esther, this could be the moment, this could be why all of this stuff has happened for you to rescue your people. To give the rest of the story, for those who don't know it, Esther did go into the king. She did save the people. He responded favorably to her. And she becomes the hero of the story. She's got a book of the Bible named after her. Esther saved her people. Donald Creighton is a Canadian historian and he said this, History, for you history buffs, history is the record of an encounter between character and circumstance. See, it's when who you are meets what is happening is when history is made. When character meets circumstance. See, character is who you are at your most honest. It's who you really are. It's who you are on the inside. It's not what you show people. It's not what people think about you. Character is what you actually are. And circumstances are opportunities beyond your control that present themselves to you daily. It's just what's happening. You cannot control them. It's just what's happening. So when who you are meets what is happening, history is made. For good or for bad. For life or for death. And I love that quote from Winston Churchill. But I disagree with the premise. I don't think we have one special defining moment. I think our days are filled with defining moments. Don't wait for one moment to be your moment. (laughs) There are moments every single day that define who you are and what will happen in history. 
Every time we sense conviction within us. An awareness that we need to do something that we believe is right, even if it won't be met with fanfare. Let me tell you, that is a God moment. When that conviction comes, when you're going about your day and you just have a sense, there's something that needs to happen now. This is the right thing to do in this moment. When everybody else is fine, but you cringe. When you flinch, when you go, oh, that's not okay. There's a sense of conviction coming on you. You call it your conscience. Call it the Holy Spirit. It's when God is in you, that sense of conviction. Those are those God moments. And they don't happen just once in a lifetime. As you're at home and you feel the need to have a conversation about something hard, something that would be easier perhaps to just let it slide. But you can't escape the nudge inside you that this matters. That's a brave moment. When you're at work and a decision is made that violates your values, there's something and you go, oh, ah. it's a brave moment that has come upon you. When temptation is staring you in the face and you know you need to get out of wherever you are in that moment, that is a brave moment. We have no shortage of moments that will challenge our bravery. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called The Tipping Point. In there, he discusses what are the factors that determine success and failure. He says there's this point of no return. You know, the event horizon, there's this... There are these things that just push it towards success or if they can't ever get that over the hill, they just, they come up, they come up and they just come back down. And what are the things, what's the tipping point for ideas or business or life or success? What are those things that help it go that way? It's a fascinating book. So my question is this, in our lives, what is the tipping point for bravery? What is the thing that makes people Step up to the plate where others shrink back. What is that tipping point? And I believe it happens in that moment. That moment when we feel conviction. That's the tipping point. When we are convicted about something. When we know in our gut that this is the right thing to do. The tipping point is do we respond to it? When you understand that this matters, that there's a cost, do you respond? Or do you just push it down and slide back down the hill? See, here's the thing about conviction. It's evidence that something eternal is on the line. Essentially, this is what I want to say to you. God doesn't convict you about things that don't matter. If there's conviction inside you, Something eternal is on the line. He will not convict you arbitrarily, randomly, without cause. So every moment you have this sense of conviction that there is a right thing to do, pay attention. It's going to matter. That choice to stand up for what you value Matters. The, cho- the choice to have that conversation matters. The decision to run away from temptation, it matters. Being brave matters because so much is in the balance, much more than we might ever know. Esther, let me tell you, 
this is what's at stake. This is a moment. I can tell you what's right, and you can choose to walk away from it, but there's a cost. There's a cost. Oswald Chambers, I got this from my dad, and it's stuck with me, says this, Remain true to God in your obscurity. And remember, you are not the designer of your destiny. When you hear the call of God and know what He is asking of you, be obedient. Because in some other part of the world, there are circumstances being worked on that depend on your circumstances. And perhaps you know nothing about it. Bravery is the courage to do what is right because you are convinced it matters. You don't have to know why it matters. You don't have to know why. You may never know why it matters. You don't, we don't, that's a luxury. Sometimes you'll get it, sometimes you won't. But if you know that this is the right thing to do, respond in that moment because there is something on the line. He finishes his quote with this half, it's a little bit wordy, but if you can understand it, he says, half the sentimental, pious folks, basically those holy people who think they're great. Check me out. Half the sentimental folks who strew the coastlines of religious life, people on the sidelines, people who just play the game but don't make any difference, says they are there because they would seek to engineer their own circumstances. Which basically means they only do things that they know why. I only choose to respond when I know what's going to actually make a difference. If I know why. If I don't know why, I'm not in control. I refuse to respond in that moment. Be obedient to God in your obscurity, in your not knowing, in your misunderstanding. Do it anyway. Because there's so much at stake. Esther was willing to be brave in that moment because she knew what was at stake. So what? So what? That's the question for us. I'm going to wrap this up in a minute. A few minutes ago, I asked you to consider what is something you know you should be doing right now but aren't. I want to ask you this question. Regarding that thing, whatever that thing is, and it might be different for everybody in the room, hopefully it is, ask yourself, what is at stake? What will happen if I don't act on this? What might happen You may not know, but what might happen? What's at stake? What is one thing you can do today to take a step towards doing that right thing? What's at stake for you? There's something that's just not making any sense. You go, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I feel like this is the right thing, but I don't know why I feel that way. What's one thing you could do today to just be obedient to that? Mark Twain said, 20 years from now, you'd be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones that you did. So throw off the bowlines. Sail away from the safe harbor. Step out in faith and trust that God has a plan. If He's given you conviction, it's a brave moment. There's something that He is at work doing on our we heard last week a munch talking about our missions trip and something Libney shared with the group. He said this phrase, God is cooking. It's not done yet, but He's doing something. 
I love that phrase. God is cooking. He's doing something. It's not like James Harden. He's not cooking. It's better than James Harden. It's doesn't take that many shots. So identify what is at stake. Step two, pray for courage. Pray for courage. Jesus was in the garden. He struggled. And he asked his father for help. He says, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me. I'm struggling right now, God. It says he... He prayed with such intensity that it was it said his sweat was like drops of blood. God, I I am struggling right now to do the right thing. I need your help. At the end, Jesus says, but not my will, but yours be done. I don't want to try and control the whole thing. I know what's at stake and I, and I want to be brave, but I need help carrying this thing through. So find out what's at stake. Pray for courage. Pray for courage. Jesus, here's a great prayer. If you need prayer, if you need courage, here's a great prayer. Ready? Jesus, help. Period. That's all you need. No, no, No special words. Once you've prayed, let me tell you, do it. Whatever that thing is that you feel in your gut you need to do, do it. Let's be people of conviction. Step up and be brave. And it's not a once in a lifetime thing. It's an every single day thing. Be the husband you're supposed to be. The wife you're supposed to be. The mom or the dad or the the co-worker you're supposed to be. Be the teacher you're supposed to be. Be the employee you're supposed to be. Be the boss you're supposed to be. Be the neighbor you're supposed to be. The community member. Be the friend you're supposed to be. The son or the daughter that you're supposed to be. Do it. Pastor Kevin's message. Just do it. Paul Harvey told a true story about a man named Ray Blankenship. One summer morning as Ray was preparing his breakfast, he looked out his window and saw a small girl being swept along in a rain-flooded drainage ditch outside his home in Andover, Ohio. He knew that further downstream, that ditch was going to disappear into a tunnel. He rushed out the door and ran down alongside that ditch, trying to get ahead of the floundering child. As he got close, he hurled himself into the churning deep water. He surfaced and was able to grab the child's arm. It's a true story. They tumbled end over end under the water. Within about three feet of the tunnel, Ray's hand felt something, his free hand, possibly a rock, and he grabbed onto it. And he clung desperately, but the tremendous force of the water tried to tear him the child away. And Ray thought to himself, if I can just hang on until help comes. But Ray did better than that. By the time the fire department rescuers had arrived, he was already on the bank and had pulled the girl to safety. Both of them were treated on site for shock. And on April 12, 1989, Ray Blankenship was awarded the Coast Guard Silver Lifesaving Medal. It's an award for bravery and courage. And it was fitting for Ray because what most people didn't know about Ray is that he couldn't swim. See, when we recognize what's at stake, we'll do things regardless of the cost. 
because we know that this is the right thing in this moment and I just can't sit here and not get involved. See, when we recognize what's at stake, God enables us to do things we couldn't accomplish even on our bravest day. God gave Esther the ability to save her people. Gave Jesus the power to conquer death. And He will give you the power to be brave every single day no matter what comes your way. I want to encourage you. This story, it's a powerful story. It sounds big and yeah, you're not Queen of Sheba. You know, you're not the Queen of Persia. You're not, you're not, Guess what? God's got purpose for every single one in here. You have no idea whose life you touch when you are obedient. Let's be brave. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.